Prospect Pipeline. Hello, everyone, and welcome into a new edition of Prospect Pipeline here on the Flyers Broadcast Network. I'm Brian Smith. I am joined by Bill Meltzer. And the Flyers, of course, are headed into a, uh, a bit of a new era as we go through the middle of the month of March. This is usually a pretty busy time of year when it comes to NHL teams and their prospects, but uh, even more so right now with the Philadelphia Flyers as they have a, a new general manager, interim general manager, of course, the official title for Danny Briere, but he's operating, and I think a lot of others are operating as well as if uh, he'll be uh, in charge for the long haul here. Of course, we'll see how everything goes, but uh, certainly that's the big news surrounding the Flyers right now, but they also have uh, a lot of interesting things going on in the prospect world. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms are doing extremely well, and they're gearing up for a push into the Calder Cup playoffs, and uh, some of the Flyers' top prospects around the world are wrapping up their seasons, and now we'll have to decide uh, what to do moving forward. So, uh, Bill, I guess let's start with uh, with Danny and, and that whole situation. Um, you know, this is a time of year when, you know, there, there's not a whole lot for a GM to do, really, that can affect the hockey club uh, because the trade deadline has come and gone, and you know not a lot happens between the trade deadline and the end of the season in terms of personnel moving around, but it does become a bit of a busy time uh, in terms of, number one, the GM meetings where Danny is right now and laying the framework for deals moving forward, but also for um, you know potential college free agents, things like that. Uh, you know, Just curious to your thoughts on, on the effect Danny has on the Flyers from a, a prospect standpoint. Obviously, he has been focused uh, in recent years on lower levels of hockey. He was uh, you know, running the main Mariners for a while, and you know, certainly in his role with the Flyers, paying a lot of attention to the Phantoms. Um, you know, where do you see that affecting things? Well, I, I think that uh, Danny's been on the ice, actually, with some of the... Now, these are guys at the NHL level at this point, but in, in the recent past, you know, he's actually been on the ice with a Travis Connecting and with a Morgan Frost. So, you know, before camp, but still, that, that's not that's not typical of your general manager. So he's not that far removed from his own playing days. And he's been – he knows what's in the system. He's not learning on the fly with, with that aspect. Um, and it certainly, it certainly looks as if Brent Flair is going to stay on in the organization. Um, you know, Brent was always tied so closely with Chuck, with Chuck Fletcher. Um but uh, it's kind of an opportunity for Brent too to, you know, spread his wings a little bit and, and maybe start building a, a case for himself. Eventually, being a candidate for a GM job somewhere himself too. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for Brent. Um, but it, it's also it's also a matter of continuity because, uh, you know, Brent is the general manager of the Phantoms. Obviously, he's the one who who manages the scouts, the, the drafting process. And has a lot of say so within the draft itself. If the Flyers were changing um, assisted GMs, this would be awfully late in the game to, to try to uh, try to get up to speed and prepare for the draft. So to me, the continuity there keeps that on the same course it was already on, and I, that's a positive thing. This is a, this is a crucial draft for the Flyers upcoming, which we'll talk more about as as we get closer. But it's also an important year for the Phantoms too. Um, you know, the team is situate itself really well in the playoff chase and getting some of these young players, the Tyson Forcers, Elliot Denoyers, um, you know, a guy like Ronnie Adder, Sam Erson in, in net, getting these guys um, stretch drive experience uh, with playoff implications and getting them 
hopefully in the, in the playoff games. That that's huge for their development. Um, maybe more maybe more than they could get from from playing games late season with the Flyers. Although there's value in that too, and they as we saw with the emergency call ups of um, Denoyer and then Forster, you know, there, there there is value in that. The players are needed to come up, and that's good good experience too. But um, you know, I, I think that, that I think from a, a prospect standpoint, um, it's been an, a really interesting East season. Uh, if you remember last last year, um, when it was announced that Danny was going to be special assistant to the GM, uh, Chuck at that time, um, one of the areas that Danny was really focused on was the development process. And then Danny, Danny was very blunt in saying, hey, this has to get better. We, we maybe drafted well in, in terms of where players were rated coming out of junior hockey or out of college, but it wasn't showing dividends at the NHL level. Um, some of these young players who have been in the NHL this year have taken steps. I mean, I, I agree with Chuck Fletcher about this much when he said that uh, guys like Owen Tippett and, and Cam York and Morgan Frost, the, those kind of players, they were they look like they belong in the NHL. Now, will they will they ever will they hit their their ceilings? Will they continue to get better as they as they move towards their mid twenties? That that remains to be seen. But the, some of those guys progressed. I think it's been a good year for the American League team. Sometimes, sometimes an AHL team gets in the playoffs and they, they they do well, but they do it mostly with minor league veterans. And one of the I think one of the best aspects of the Phantoms this year has really been the young guys that, that have carried the mail for that team a lot. Uh, they've taken a bigger bite of the team, and, and they they play those key minutes. And that's uh, so the fact that, that that's been happening and the team is well situated to get in the playoffs. That's a positive. And and then prospects at other levels too. Cutter uh, Gautier, uh, Emil Andrea, th- those guys um, have stepped up at their levels too. So system-wise, it's been good. Um, uh, they're going to have to evaluate if it if it improved as much in the first year as they hoped. Um, yeah, that, that that's an area that does need to be examined and, and discussed. What can they do to uh, move it forward further on, on an ongoing basis? But uh, while it hasn't been on the NHL level. You know what, what the kind of season that uh, I mean it, it was no, nobody came in the year with illusions of being a playoff team, but of being a more competitive team. Uh, I think until February, uh, Brian, the, the Flyers managed that well until the All Star break. But it, it's it's been tough since the All Star break. There, there's no two ways about that. It's it's been tough. Yeah, there's certainly no question that this team has had uh, its issues with injuries and stuff like that. And you know, last year especially, you know, you, you can't look at um, the way things went last year and expect any team to be competitive with the amount of injuries that that were lost. Uh, they've got some of those players back this year, but still, the key guys uh, that are out of the lineup are, are a lot of your your big time scorers. Still, though, even with those guys in. You know, it would be there would be a question as to how you know offensively potent uh, this team would be, which again is why I think uh, to your point, the, the development is um, is so crucial for uh, this group moving forward. Um, you know, when you look back at uh, the recent drafts, um, you know the Flyers have not had a ton of offensive contribution from their drafted players. Um, you know, the the two guys still with the team right now. Um, that were high in, in recent drafts offensively were Morgan Frost in 2017, Joel Farabee in 2018. Um, Noah Cates, of course, has been a great find from that 2017 draft, and uh, Ole Lixell still showing a whole, whole lot of promise for the team 
as a, another potential uh, contributor for that draft, but there's not a whole lot else um, that seems to be perhaps immediately coming besides uh, up until recently the, uh, the the debuts of Tyson Forrester and, and Elliot Denoye. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, guys looking like they belonged. Um, you know, my, my kind of thought was with those two guys, um, you know, there's there's – Three ways I feel like you can look when you hit the NHL. You can look overwhelmed. You can you can fit in and not appear overwhelmed, and you can look like you belong. And I thought Denoyer was in the middle of that category. I thought he he, he fit in. I thought he looked good. Um, Tyson Forrester, though, to me looked like he belonged uh, in the games that he's played so far. And I know you've only really seen them from afar, at least on this past trip. Uh, Denoyer played a little beforehand, but um, you know. Those two guys, I guess, are, are the, uh, the the earliest examples of what the Flyers hope are coming here from this Lehigh Valley Phantoms team. Um, for sure, um, yeah, I thought I thought Forster's NHL debut was one of the better debuts you know, the Flyers have had in recent years. He didn't score in the game, but he, he was all over the place and and uh, you know was back checking well, was blocking shots, had a couple scoring chances. No one no one doubts Tyson's shot. I mean, he, he has a he has a big league shot, um, hard shot, heavy shot, um, very good one timer, very good wrist shot. So that that's that's the given with him. The question has always been his skating. Okay, can he play to the pace and continuing to evolve a two hundred foot game? Um, I thought he I thought he showed a pretty good, a pretty good all around game in his debut. Um, the skating still could use some work. Um, I think he gets adequately from point A to point B, but still use a little bit more explosiveness i thought his second game um the second game he he fit in fine um he he really looked like he belonged in the first one but but as as you know you know you you get around the league and teams get pre-scouts on you and you know it uh you you can't go by really small samples yeah you have to look at it over time um but but the fact that forster and denoyer are tied for the team league and scoring for the phantoms and actually, Denoye is leading them in goals, and I don't think anybody expected that in his, in his first pro year. Everybody's always thought of him, and he is as a as a good two way guy, good four checker guy who can potentially be a penalty kill guy in the NHL level. I don't think anybody expected him to come in right off the bat of the American League and lead the team in, in goals. Right. Yeah. So that that's been uh, that that's been a very pleasant surprise this season. I I, I think both guys. You look at you know, this, this guy's good. This guy's gonna be an NHL player. Now, what his role will be, you know, we'll, we'll see over time. I, I'd be Forster's a guy I think is gonna be a power play guy, and Denoyer has the advantage of that. He can do a lot of things well, so you could plug him different spots in a lineup, and that's uh, that's where I ultimately see him being kind of a little, a little bit unidentical, but a little bit like how Scott Lawton has developed, where you know, Lawton can play wing, he can play center, you can play him up in the lineup, you can play him a little further down the line, whatever, whatever you need him to do, he'll do. Uh, and a very, very smart and competitive player. So, you know, good things with both of those guys, um, you know, and, and uh, we saw Ronnie added last year, a little bit at the NHL level late in the season. He's really come on nicely for the Phantoms this year um, on the defensive side of the game. Not, you know, is, is he all the way there? No, but, but he's, he's a better all around player than he was this time a year ago. And he has that big time shot too. He's, he's a double digit goal scorer in the American League level, and played in the All Star game this year too. So that's uh, that that's been nice to see that these guys are knocking on the door. And I do think you'll see a couple of those guys 
Uh, may, maybe maybe an opening night, maybe not. But I think a good chance by the end of next season that, that a couple of those guys could be regulars in the Flyers lineup. So moving on from that uh, into, I guess, the natural next step is the, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the success that they've had uh, as we record this on uh, Monday morning. They are coming off uh, a weekend sweep. They have a five-game winning streak intact and uh, appear to be on their way to uh, a Calder Cup playoff berth. What, what's been the, the key to the success of the Phantoms? I mean, obviously you just rattled off a lot of names there that have been contributing to it, but um, you know, it's not just individuals that put that together. Um, you know, it's certainly uh, just like the NHL, a team game down there in order to have success. And uh, you know, just um, wondering your thoughts on what, what the Phantoms have uh, been doing well this year. And, and you know, as John Tortorella says, you know, you get a playoff run at Capitol. He said it today uh, to the media. It can just catapult you right into the NHL sometimes. So uh, that's obviously what the Flyers are hoping is going to happen here. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully, hopefully some of the power play success the Phantoms have had this year could filter up. Flyers could certainly use that. Anything um, at the, this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for, for sure. My goodness. Uh, the the Phantoms are in the top five in the AHL in, in power play percentage. And that's that's been a big, big thing for the team this year. Um, and and um, they're getting, they, they get contributions from the back end. Um, I mentioned I mentioned Adder, but they've, they have several defensemen who can, can jump up in the play. Uh, Louis Belpedio, for example. He's, a, he's, a, you know, he's an older player, more of an AHL guy, but he's 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 been big for the team and how they can move the puck. Um, you know they they have, a, they have a good mix I think on the back end and, and up front there's pretty good depth. And the other thing I would say too, Ryan, is that they're, they've started to get healthy lately. They they went through a stretch where they had a, a lot of injuries and call ups, and now now you're seeing what a guy like Cooper Marodi can do. Marodi has has ten points in the last four games. Will probably be the AHL Player of the Week this week. Um, they, the game the Phantoms won on Saturday. Uh, he. Which is which is a four three overtime win. Not only did he have a hat trick with the third goal coming in, in the uh, late in regulation to force overtime, that he set up the game winner in overtime. So he had, he had to hand off four goals that they scored. Marodi was a guy who they were counting on being a being a very good AHL scorer this year, and he just hadn't been healthy most of the year. Now now that he is, he's producing at a high level, and that was really big too with uh, Denoyer and and Forster on an emergency recall to the Flyers. Um, now those guys played and both scored goals yesterday, Sunday, but um, which you know, which was huge. And on top of it, too, they've been getting good goaltending all year. Sam Erson has been really good. Um, with Troy Grosnick injured again, um, they had to reach down to to Reading, and, and um, uh, Nolan Mayer started the game on uh, on Sunday. And he, he's young; he's only 22. He was impressive in, in camp with the Flyers. Um, and he stepped up and, and he won. He's, I think twenty-seven saves and twenty-nine shots. So they're they're getting contribution from the sources you would expect, and sometimes from unexpected places too. Um, and the Phantoms were kind of hovering around five hundred for much of the first half of the season, and now in the second half, when you want to be peaking towards towards the uh, stretch drive, they have been. Um, you know, in the way the AHL playoffs work, because you have to finish in the in the top six. Uh, and you know, and the, at least in the Atlantic, to get a postseason spot, they're tied for fourth in points. Um, Springfield does have a game in hand, but they've they've closed the gap. They they could they could jump higher than that. And I guess just as importantly, they've started to open up space between themselves and the teams behind them to where you know they're they're, they're looking pretty good to get in. 
Well, that would certainly be what um, what John Tortorella, I know, is hoping for, and the rest of the organization is for these guys to to get in and go on a playoff run. And you know, it it harkens back a bit to um, you know the uh, the the 04, 05, uh Philadelphia Phantoms Calder Cup championship team, uh, where you know again it was a different, it was a unique era. I don't even want to say it was a different era; it was a unique era. But um, you know, you had. That 2003 draft that was just loaded from top to bottom. Um, it was one of the best drafts I think the NHL maybe has ever had in terms of the talent available in the uh, 2003 entry draft. And then after that draft is done, um, you know, a year and a half later, the NHL goes into a lockout. But um, because of the age of everybody in that draft at the time. They were all eligible to play. A lot of them were eligible to play in the American Hockey League, and that's where Jeff Carter went. Mike Richards went there. Um, you know, Antero Nidamaki was a little older, but he was there. Uh, and uh, you know, not just the Phantoms, but um, even some of the other teams. I remember Braden Coburn was on the Chicago Wolves team that the Phantoms beat, and there were some others. Um, but uh, all of those guys, um, you know, they were, and even though the NHL was done and not playing that year, they were able to um, propel off of that run into uh, some, some very good NHL players. Patrick Sharp was on that team. Uh, even Riley Cote. Yeah. Um, and Ambi led the team in scoring in the regular season that yeah, year. Yeah, so um, that's, what the, that's yeah. what the Flyers are hoping happens this time. Oh, for sure. I, the, definitely, definitely the playoffs were a big springboard for a lot of those guys. Uh, Patrick Sharp being one of them. Sharp was good in the regular season. He was great in the playoffs. And that, that really was a, a big step in his development. Um you know, I mean, that if you look, you look at that roster, so many guys on there went on to play in the NHL. Um, Yoni Pitkinen was was there that year, um, just yeah. just because of the lockout. Otherwise, he would have been on the NHL team. Um, and and other guys too who may not who might might have been more role players in the NHL, but um, but had NHL careers and they were big contributors on the Phantoms team. Whether it's a, you know, whether it's a, a Randy Jones kind of guy or a uh, um, or, I mean, role player, right? But but Riley Cote was on that team too. Mm-hmm. So up and down, up and down that roster, so many guys benefited from the that playoff experience. And go. And the other thing too is that when players make deep runs together, it, it creates it creates a special bond with those guys. Um, and, and sometimes too with you, with your coaches. Um, you know, I mean, John Stevens coached that team, and um, you know as Jeff Carter transformed into more of a two-way player. A lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, with Johnny coaching him at the NHL level and, and encouraging him to, you know, when to take pride in this two-way game. And a lot of the was that trust that was built from their time together in the American League. So, I mean, really, uh, I, I don't think you can say enough about how valuable that experience really is. So we'll see if the Phantoms can't pull it off here. And, and again, we're not saying they're going to go on a Calder Cup run, but um, you know, certainly a, a, a playoff run of a round or two would be uh, tremendously beneficial. And again, it's one of the reasons why a guy like Sam Erson is uh, is down there right now, as opposed to with the NHL team, because that's where John Tortorella said he'd be if uh, if it weren't for that. But um, they, they want him to get that growth out of there. So um, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, those. Um, Playoffs are, are still a little bit away. The American Hockey League season will actually extend one week beyond the NHL season yeah. this year. So uh, we're talking about late April before we start following that. But we certainly will follow it here on uh, Prospect Pipeline as the time goes on. Um, 
again, it's a it's a strange time maybe for for Danny Briere as he um, again he's at GM meetings right now. He's going to come back uh, later this week and then uh, figure out next steps forward. But um, you know, perhaps one of the immediate things at hand. Uh, will be um, the the situation with Cutter Gauthier. He played for Boston College this year, was a standout, um, standout at World Juniors, and uh, Boston College was a uh, their their season came to an end over the weekend. A bit of a heartbreaker for uh, the Eagles. They lost a double overtime game to uh, Merrimack in uh, the uh, um, in their tournament that they were playing there. So you know. Now it's a situation of what does he do next, and uh, with a college free agent or I'm uh, sorry, a college prospect, um, it's um, a little bit murky because a college player can decide to come out at at any time, as opposed to a major junior player, which has to be on the NHL roster until a certain point, or they can't play uh, anywhere else but in junior. They can't go to the American Hockey League. So, um, just. Uh, Wondering your your thoughts on Cutter's situation, um, you know how he looked here over the last uh, couple of months of his season, and, and and what you think might be ahead for him. Well, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a danger of reading too much into the World Juniors, right? As, as valuable as that is, and as important as that is, honestly, when he was in the World Juniors, I thought he still needed work as a two way player to to take that next to take that next step. Particularly now in World Juniors, he played wing. Um, in, in college, they've been developing his, him as a center. Um, my, my thoughts on him was if he's going to be a center at the pro level, he might benefit from a sophomore year, and then probably he's ready to jump. Um, if he if you put him on a wing, I think he, he might be able to hold his own in a pro league next year. Not dominate, but but certainly hold his own. Um, I, I think he's barely scratched the surface of what he's capable of doing. Um, all the physical tools are there. He's highly competitive. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't see any issue with waiting another year if that's what it takes, but it, I, I, you know, it's going to depend on, on where the organization feels he is and, and where Cutter himself feels comfortable as to, as to what he does. Um, he could go in either direction. Um, you know, I, I'm more of a believer in slow cooking a player if you can, unless he just stands out so much and beats down the door, you know, that, that he's ready sure. right now. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see what the thought process is, um, you know, and, and, and where that goes. Uh, the, you know, I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world if he turns pro right away. Um, there's certainly a lot, lot to be gained. And as you said, you do have the American League as an option. It's not like, it's not like um, you know, major juniors where you're coming out after year after the draft. If you're not in the NHL, then you got to go back to your junior team. So, so you do have the flexibility of sending him to the Phantoms if you feel he benefits from that too. So that's a that's a significant thing to consider too. Yeah, I guess there's a, a few layers here at work. It's um, you know, okay, can he can he benefit from another year of college? Sure. Um, can he benefit from um, playing in the American Hockey League more than he can benefit from another year of college? That's that that's the big question, I think. And uh, you know, and and then it's also you know, he it's. It, to some extent, the ball's in his court too. The, the you know the Flyers can't tell him what to do. They have to uh, you know it's got to be an agreement I think between all parties. So, um, but I, I would think that to your point, slow cooking a player um, that is probably uh, I, I would say it is where the Flyers are right now as, as an organization. They've uh, you know been out uh, on multiple fronts now saying this is a multi-year process to get things kind of turned in the right direction, and because of that. 
Uh, you know, they don't they don't need Cutter Gauthier to jump into an NHL lineup next year and, and contribute. They can certainly afford to let him uh, continue to develop wherever they think it's appropriate for him to to do so. So, um, you know, the the I, I think you're you're probably right on there that. Um, because of the situation the team's in right now, another year of school is more likely than uh, if uh, they were, you know, perhaps in a different situation uh, as an organization. Sure, and and uh, and uh, you know the the other thing too is that uh, you know for the for purposes of the Phantoms, I mean they they're you know they seem well situated to go as far as, as they can. You know, you never know how a series can turn out, um, and they may have an addition too with Emil Andrea. Um, his season in Sweden is over um, because they, their, their league has kind of an odd postseason structure where you're either in the playoffs, you're in a playoff qualification series, you're done for the year, or you're or you're or you have to play a relegation round to be able to stay in the top league. His team actually finished in the in the the, sec, the sector of the league standings where they're they're just done. They they are able to hold their spot in the league, but they're there's no postseason for them one way or another, so that that means he's available for the Phantoms. And I and from everything I've heard, he's he's planning on coming over. So a lot of times, what you'll see is he'll get a few AHL games on an amateur tryout, and then his you know his entry level would would kick in next year. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the way that plays out. Well, we'll see how that goes. I guess to wrap up here, I'll circle back to uh, the the Danny Briere stuff, and um, you know just getting your. Um, your your viewpoint on uh, on uh, Brent Flair, uh, who is of course the Flyers' assistant general manager. He's been in charge of the draft for the Flyers uh, throughout the Chuck Fletcher era, and those two were were tied at the hip for um, you know every, just about everything up to this point uh, from Minnesota, of course, on here to, to Philadelphia. But um, now with uh, with with Chuck moving on and Danny Briere now in charge. It was quick to say in his press conference on Sunday morning that he expects uh, that Brent will stay with the organization. That he's very impressed with him, and you know, just wondering what your thoughts are on on that dynamic. If uh, you know, you know, Brent's still here, uh, running the draft as usual, uh, you know, overseeing the prospects and all that. Uh, you know, it um, you know, it seems like to me it would be a pretty smooth transition overall. Well, I, I, for for sure. Um, there's value this late in the game in continuity, but also Brent's pretty astute, you know. And and uh, I I think that you know part of there there's two pieces of the process, right? There there's the scouting slash drafting side of it, and then there's the development side. Um, and and the Flyers organization knows this all too well. The uh, you know, if you look at the the uh, hockey news future watch issue, where they're where they're polling scouting directors, scouts across the league for a number of years, the flyers were number one, number two and top, top five, top 10 at worst. It's dropped a little bit the last few years, but I mean, they, when guys were coming out of junior hockey or college hockey or Europe, they seemed to, to be well situated. And then for whatever reason, once they turned pro, whether it was in some cases, injuries in other cases, just not developing the way you hoped, you know, it, it, they haven't gotten impact players out of it, as they felt, at least not yet. Um, I think that the, this group that's, you know, Brent came in on during Chuck's first year, so you have to start looking at it from the 2019 draft onwards, and that still is a pretty small, small window of time. You know, um, some guys, well, we'll see, like Forrester, who just debuted, but 
I think that um, it's a it's a pretty good and pretty deep group of prospects overall. Um, are, are the real are the, the real top end home run kind of picks? Um, they have they haven't found one of those yet. This this might be a year where they could, and maybe uh, you know maybe Cutter could be that kind of a guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, as as he continues to develop, we 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 don't know. That, that's the thing with, with prospect development. It really is year to year, and, and it looks looks different after two three years. And it'll look different again after five years too. So um, I, I think that I think from the drafting standpoint, um, Brandon and the staff have done a nice job. Um, particularly because some picks have been moved. Um, so that you know, like a year ago they didn't. Uh, two years ago now, I guess they didn't have a first round pick that year. So you're 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 dealing with some challenges. Um, I think under the circumstances they've done a good job. And and now we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the Flyers pick in, in this year's draft. Obviously, the first round pick is going to be critical. That's uh, that. Uh, I think a lot of the long term judgment will be passed will be on how the Flyers do in this year's draft because the the top ten is so good. Well, it's all ahead for us here. We've got a lot of uh, stuff on the horizon in terms of prospects development and what have you. So we'll, we'll be doing this a little more often. But uh, you know, at the at the, this point, Flyers are going to. Use the rest of their season to evaluate a lot of the folks on the NHL roster. They'll be watching the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, of course, very closely. And we'll see what else is ahead for us here as we uh, inch ever closer to the first day of spring. And uh, the uh, future of uh, the organization here becomes uh, a little bit more clear as things go on. Bill, thanks for your time. And uh, we look forward to uh, doing this again soon. So don't forget the Flyers have a uh, big homestand coming up here. This uh, starts on Tuesday night, and it goes through uh, most of the next two weeks. Flyers are going to be home for seven in a row, and it all starts Tuesday against Vegas, uh, back-to-back Friday and Saturday. Uh, Saturday is a a little bit of an earlier start against Carolina at 5 p.m., and then uh, on into the next week, uh, lots of hockey here ahead of Wells Fargo Center for everybody to check out, so uh, make sure you... uh, Take a look at uh, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and get your tickets for that homestand as uh, those uh, home games are going to be a little few and far between after that. So uh, hope to have you along with us at some point here over the next couple of weeks. For Bill Meltzer, I'm Brian Smith. Have a great day, everyone. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at FlyersBroadcastNetwork.com.